Good morning, I'm Carola, and we're going to read from Psalm 145, or Psalm from your Bible, and we're doing the whole, whole Psalm. I will exalt you, my God and my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all the promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and give, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the, he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him. But all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Amen. Uh, Well, uh, good morning, uh, everyone. Let me add my uh, welcome to those who have come before me. Uh, My name's uh, Michael. I'm the associate pastor here. uh, And yeah, I'll be bringing the message today. And yeah, I've been wondering, have you ever had a uh, task or a project to do that was uh, so big or so unfamiliar that you had uh, no idea where to even get started. Uh, you know, maybe you know, you're looking to buy your own home or, or build your own home. Uh, maybe you're just trying to do your own taxes. Uh, maybe just putting together some IKEA furniture. Maybe raising a child. They're all examples of uh, difficult, difficult and potentially overwhelming tasks. And there's, uh, there's plenty of other examples that I'm sure each of us have come across. But I wonder, does prayer feel like that for you? Does prayer feel like a topic so big or so unfamiliar that it's hard to know where to even get started? It's felt that way to me at times in my life. And, uh, and my hunch is that I'm not alone in that feeling. And so our topic for today is prayer. And a bit like those tasks, a bit like those projects, prayer is such a broad topic, it's hard to know where to get started. And you may have some experience with prayer, you may have zero experience with prayer. And I'm sure if we surveyed the room, there would be plenty of different questions that we have about prayer. 
So on this broad and on this important topic of prayer, where it's hard to know where to even get started, let's begin today by attempting to understand what prayer is and why prayer ought to be one of our spiritual habits as we go ahead in 2024. So that's why I've given the title for today's talk as Prayer, What Is It? And so at this point, a definition for prayer would be really helpful. Now, a definition by its very nature is going to be uh, narrow and simplistic. It's not going to be able to cover every possibility, but uh, it's a helpful place to start. So here's my one-sentence definition of prayer. Prayer is a real personal connection with God in response to his character. I'll say that again. Prayer is a real personal connection with God in response to his character. The fact that prayer is our response to the character of God is why Psalm 145 was read for us earlier. This whole psalm is a prayer of response to the character of God. And it's a prayer of praise. Uh, And it's written by King David as he's encountered the character of God uh, throughout his life. He's seen his goodness to him. And the first example we see in Psalm 145, it comes in verse 8. There it says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Many of the wonderful characteristics of God, his grace, his compassion, his patience and his love, they're quickly listed in this short little verse. And verse 8, it's the first of seven clear statements in this whole psalm about the character and the qualities of God which begin with the Lord is. So if you have uh, your Bible open in front of you, you notice in verse 9, I'll wait for those who are pulling it up. In verse 9, the Lord is good to all. In verse 13, the Lord is trustworthy, keeping his word, fulfilling all his promises. In verse 14, the Lord raises up those who humble themselves before him. In verse 17, the Lord is perfect and righteous in everything that he does. In verse 18, the Lord is near to and ready to rescue those who call out to him. And finally, verse 20, the Lord watches over all who love him. And so, as this psalm goes on, it builds up for us this word picture of who God is, what his character is like. The character of God is that he is gracious, compassionate, patient, loving, trustworthy, perfect and righteous. And he defends, he rescues, he protects those who humble themselves enough to call on him for, and to seek him out for help. Now, it's important to remember, this is not a complete list of all of God's attributes, all of his uh, qualities. We could never hope to create such a list like that in our wildest dreams. In fact, this uh, list that has been put together, it's not even a complete list of all the qualities, all the characteristics of God that are mentioned in this psalm. But hopefully by putting all these things together, what it does do is begin to provide us with a picture of who God is, what qualities make up his character. This picture of who God is all these qualities that uh, he has, by their very nature, I think they motivate a response. 
You might even go so far as saying is that they demand a response. And this is why I said earlier in the definition for prayer is that prayer is a real personal connection with God in response to his character. You know, the author of the psalm, King David, he has seen and he's experienced God's character. And we can see his response to God's character summarized at the beginning and at the end of the psalm. On either side of this word picture of who God is, all these amazing attributes and qualities of God, David begins and ends his psalm by saying this, I will praise the name of God forever and ever. Psalm 145 shows us that the remarkable character of God, revealed by God's actions through creation and revealed by his interactions with humanity throughout the generations, this character, it demands a response of eternal praise. And something being so extraordinary, something being amazing that it demands a response, we actually kind of know this from our own experiences, don't we? You know, we watch a TV show that we enjoy because uh, we don't live in Bhutan in the 80s and 90s. You know, but we watch a TV show that we enjoy or we hear a song that we love or we eat some delicious food and our kind of natural instinctive response is, yes, I want more of that. That was good. That was amazing. And so, you know, we, we seek out, we want to watch the rest of the TV series. We want to listen to the rest of the album. We want to get the recipe for that food so we can make it for ourselves, so we can continue to enjoy that amazing experience. That's our kind of natural instinctive response to something which is awesome. And, and even more so, even more than that, uh, not only is our natural response to do whatever we can so that we can enjoy the experience more and more, but we also want to tell other people about it so that uh, they can enjoy it too. You know, it's so satisfying when we share the things that we love, the things that we enjoy with others, and they get hooked on it too. You know, early on in our uh, dating relationship, one of the things that uh, Liz and I bonded over was uh, some TV shows that we both loved. Uh, I had watched uh, and loved uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and Liz had never seen it. And so I, I told her, you need to watch it. And she did. And she loved it. You know, she got hooked, and now she's seen every episode. And that's just so cool, isn't it? To, because sharing experiences that we enjoy with people that we care about, that's just such a joyful part of life, isn't it? It's something, there is something really, truly amazing and mind-blowing. And you know, when we find that thing, we probably go on and on about it so much so that it eventually it ends up irritating our family and friends. But when we do all these things, we often do them without thinking about it. It's our instinctive uh, response, isn't it? But in contrast, often prayer doesn't come as naturally or as instinctively to us, does it? Rather than being uh, something that comes naturally, prayer as a response to God's character is something that we have to learn, something that we have to be persistent in. But it's worth being persistent with prayer because prayer is not something that we consume like a TV show, like a song, like some delicious food, because more often than not, we, we have no personal connection, no personal relationship with the creators of those things. But in contrast, prayer is something that we are involved in. It's interactive. It's personal. Because in God's kindness, 
we can have a real personal relationship with him. We can have a personal relationship with the creator of all things. That's kind of amazing, isn't it? Let's look at that word picture of God's qualities from Psalm 145 again. We see that God is gracious, compassionate, patient, loving, trustworthy, perfect, righteous. He's a rescuer, a protector. Am I hearing something? That's all right. He's rescuer, he's a protector. All these qualities, they're relational qualities. They're qualities that express themselves in personal relationships. And God, he desires this personal relationship with each of us. So, let's respond to God's desire to have a personal relationship with us. Let's work on cultivating prayer as a habit so that it becomes more and more of that natural, instinctive response. So here's an application for you to take away this week. A way that you can work on prayer becoming more and more uh, instinctive. Uh, And the application is this, and I was going to suggest... Uh, taking a photo of the screen uh, of the word picture because I was hoping in the week since last week that the screen had been repaired but it doesn't seem that way but you can turn around that screen is working well or I'll suggest to Luke to uh, include this image in this week's email Uh, whatever works for you my suggestion is uh, have this image this word picture of who God is as the uh, background of your phone and the, the application uh, that I'm suggesting for you is because I know, I know you're not all teenagers, you're not all on your phone 24-7, but I do trust that uh, most of the people in this room do have a smartphone and you do look at it probably more than once a day. And uh, there's just something that's so effective uh, about having a visual reminder, a visual cue. And so I've had this word picture of God's characteristics from Psalm 145 uh, as my phone background at times in the past. And it's made such a difference in my prayers uh, each day as I've been uh, consistently and constantly reminded of God's character. You, you see those words come up. You know, Yes, God is trustworthy. He's righteous. He's patient. And you get these reminders. You are thankful for it. And it's a way to, to cultivate that habit of prayer and that response uh, to who God is. So that's my suggestion for you all this week. To summarise where we're up to so far, we've looked at the question of prayer, what is it? We've seen that prayer is a real personal connection with God in response to his character. And having this definition, having this understanding of what prayer is, it also helps us to answer another important question that we might have about prayer. And that question is, why do we need to pray? Why do we need to pray? And so to answer that question, let's look back at the start of Psalm 145. Consider how this psalm begins. Verse 1, Psalm 145. It says, I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. The writer of this psalm, David, he is a king. He's king over all of Israel. But here David, he recognises that even though he is king of an earthly kingdom with more power and authority than anyone else in uh, his kingdom, anyone else in his country, he's not the one with all the power and all the authority. He recognises that the Lord is both his God and his king. And God's kingdom, 
It's far superior to David's. If you look at verse 13 of the psalm, there it says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. David rightly recognises that the Lord is both his God and his king. And so David's response is to honour God as he rightly deserves to be honoured. David says that he will praise God's name forever and ever. This is the appropriate way to honour the king of the everlasting kingdom. And we see this uh, principle at work around us in our everyday lives. When someone has a position of power, a position of authority, it's important that they're shown the proper level of uh, respect that that position is due. Uh, you know, before I started uh, working in ministry, uh, I was in the Air Force for 10 years. And so during this time, uh, this principle of giving uh, people in positions of power and authority uh, the proper respect, the proper honour that they're due, it was drilled into me from very early on in my uh, military career, right from uh, initial training. Uh, I joined up in the Air Force, but we had to learn all the ranks of not only the Air Force, but also the Army and the Navy as well. And we need to learn all these different ranks of all the different branches of the military, because if we're ever walking around the base in our uniforms and we cross paths with anyone who was an officer, anyone who was a higher rank than us, well, you know, we need to salute them. We need to give them uh, the proper address, either sir or, or ma'am. And, you know, we need to show them the respect and honour that their position was due. And, you know, if that person was a really high rank, like the, the boss of a whole base, uh, for example, well, you really made sure to pay the proper and the appropriate level of respect and honour that was due to that person. Because on the, on the flip side, if you failed to salute an officer failed to properly address them as sir or ma'am, well, that was something you really didn't want to do. Uh, there would be consequences to make sure such a disrespectful thing would never happen again. Now, when it comes to God, the creator, the sustainer of the whole world, the king of the everlasting kingdom, well, he's a much higher rank than anyone I ever crossed paths with in the military. And so we need to respond to God with the proper respect, the proper honour that he is due. And the way in which we honour God, it's not with a salute, it's not by addressing him as Sir God, but instead it's through prayer. Prayer is a way in which we can treat God and a way in which we can give him the honour that he deserves. This then is the answer to the question, why do we need to pray? We need to pray because prayer is a way in which we honour God, a way in which we treat him as he deserves to be treated. That's only part of the answer. Beyond being a way in which we honour God and a way in which we treat him as he deserves to be treated, prayer is also the key way in which we express our dependence upon God. Because in contrast to those high-ranking military officers who I might uh, pass by but then have uh, nothing else to do with, no personal relationship with. God is both worthy of honour, worthy of respect, but he also desires that personal relationship with us. That's been highlighted already. God is full of relational qualities and he desires that personal relationship with us. But 
we need to remember that this is not a relationship between two equals. And so prayer is a way that we declare that God is the almighty God and we are humans, we're only people. Prayer is a way that we declare that he is the creator, he created everything and we are created. Prayer is a way that we declare that he is independent, he has no need. Prayer is a way that we declare that we are dependent, we need him for everything. Prayer is a way that we admit and we declare all of that to be true in our lives. And so when we ask God to provide for us, to protect us from evil, to save us from danger, some of these uh, requests are demonstrated in this prayer in the Psalm 145, verses 18 and 19. When we say these things, when we ask God for help, we're actually admitting that God has the power to do something with those requests, and we're admitting that we can't, we can't do it all ourselves. Rather, we are dependent on God on the God who can do it all himself. You know what? It actually takes some guts to admit this, doesn't it? Because as human beings, we want to be independent. Do you remember back to the feeling of getting your driver's license for the first time? Having that feeling of independence, being able to drive around and go wherever you wanted to go? It's a great feeling, that feeling of independence, isn't it? as well as wanting to do things on our own, be independent, we often want to do things our own way uh, so that we can do them the way that we like them to be done. Perhaps if you live alone, you know the great satisfaction of everything in your house being done in just the way that you like it, everything that, you know, being in the place that you would like it to be. Uh, But sooner or later, we all have to admit that we can't do it all on our own. You know, King David recognised this fact in the psalm that we read. And if David, who was a king, can humble himself and admit that he's dependent upon God, well, I think then we can too. So having considered our dependence upon God, we've now built a fuller answer to the question of why do we need to pray? That fuller answer is we need to pray because Prayer is a way in which we honour God, a way in which we treat Him as He deserves to be treated, and a way in which we express our dependence upon Him. So then with this understanding of why we need to pray fresh in our minds, let's consider the implications, the outworkings of what happens when we pray and also when we fail to pray. So on one hand, when we pray, We recognise our dependence on God and we put effort into having a real personal relationship with Him. When we pray, we give Him the praise that He is worthy of receiving. When we pray, we respect God and we give Him the thanks that He deserves. In summary, when we pray, we're treating God properly as God. But then on the opposite hand, If we fail to pray, if we fail to put in effort into having that real personal relationship with God, we're actually ignoring Him. In fact, turning our backs towards Him. If we fail to pray, we dishonour God. We We don't give Him the praise that He is worthy of receiving. When we fail to pray, we fail, we disrespect God. We don't give Him the thanks that He deserves. And so if we fail to pray, we fail to express our dependence upon God. Uh, 
our dependence for him to provide for us. It's essentially saying that you know, we can do it all on our own without him. And that's at the very heart of sin. And so if we fail to pray, fundamentally we fail to treat God properly as God. So I hope that you see now, and the reason why we absolutely need to pray and why we ought to cultivate prayer as our habit in this new year is so that we can honour God and we can treat Him as He deserves to be treated and we can express our dependence upon Him. And how then, how can we act upon this truth? Having been convinced of the need to pray, how, we, how then are we actually going to make it our habit to pray? Well, let me suggest one practical step for you this week. So we've read uh, from Psalm 145 today, uh, and there are five more psalms in the book of Psalms. There's Psalm 146 through Psalm 150, and these five psalms together, they're known as the Hallelujah Psalms, because each of these five psalms, they begin and they end with the call to Hallelujah, and that word means praise the Lord. So this week, let's respond to this call to praise the Lord. Let's read through and pray through these five psalms this week. Start with Psalm 146 tomorrow, Monday, and finish with Psalm 150 on Friday. And each day as you read through these psalms, use the words of the psalms in your prayer. Let them guide you. Pray along with the authors of the psalms. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Respond to his wonderful character. Treat him as he deserves to be treated. Express your dependence upon him. Will you do that along with me this week? Let me conclude now by praying to and praising our great God. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift and the privilege of prayer, for the personal connection that we can have with you in response to who you are. We recognize our desire to be independent, and to live our lives the way that we want to. Humble us, Father, so that we may honour and praise you as you rightly deserve. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.